And welcome to a new episode of The Simpsons Did It. I'm your host, Stephen Skolansky. And I'm your co-host, Robert Skolansky. And this week, I'm getting a spinoff podcast. Who told you you could leave the show? <laughs> Troy McClure, baby. Oh, well, <laughs> if Troy McClure said it, I guess we'll allow it. I mean, what kind uh, of wacky things do you want to get into? Um, you know, there are so many different Simpsons memes out there. I mean, if it's going to be a spinoff, I got to keep it as Simpsons related. So many Simpsons memes out there. I think I'm going to call it the Simpsons meme dip. Oh, yeah. And then we're It'd just going to do a podcast of, of Simpsons memes. And then I, I'll, ha- I'll have a wacky them? psychic. What? Oh, okay. Rate the memes. How <laughs> yeah, good are them. these? How good are these people at coming up with Simpsons memes? Correct. And then I'll have a wacky sidekick. And where they come from. We also yeah. need to know where these memes, because right now in the meme world, they're, they, I don't know if you have joined the board posting group or not, but they have yeah. trends on there, let's just say. So there yeah. was a whole Sandra that was mean trend. Oh, like tons of them. Like, you don't remember the Homer Simpson, you're cool. Sandra, yeah. you're, that was mean thing. They have that. Then there was like a Kevin James one for about a yeah. week, week and a half. Yeah. And now, and now there's a Bayleaf one. And I have no idea where Bayleaf came from. Like, like I sw- the tea? I think it's a tea. Uh, well, no, no, no. They're talking about like the bay leaves that go into like Italian food. Oh. But apparently, but apparently they don't have any flavor, and that's kind of the joke. I no, no, no. Here's the thing: bay leaves do have flavor, but you have to cook them. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't you understand where it came them from. In the thing you're cooking. Yeah, uh, but no. But no, I'm not really getting my own spinoff podcast talking about memes and having a wacky sidekick that only I can see. <laughs> oh, it was only oh, it was only going to be someone that you could see. <laughs> yeah, uh, little alien dude, a little alien dude. Yeah, aliens are fun. But yeah, yeah, this week, this week we're I don't know if we're going to have the argument or not. If this could be considered canon, but in reality, <laughs> in reality, every spinoff is canon. So like, Correct. Frasier, Frasier is a spinoff of Cheers. Yep. It's in the same universe. What other uh, spinoffs are there? I know there's a few. Um, I mean, you could say like Breaking Bad has a spinoff with uh, Jimmy McGit, like the oh, Better Call Saul. Saul. Did um, uh, Facts of Life have one? I think so. Maybe it was Maud. Like, and then like the Cosby, didn't the Cosby Show have like some sort of spinoff too? Yeah, wasn't that the, that wasn't the Jeffersons. No, that I can't remember. But yeah, so I mean, there's there's definitely well, like Gen V right now with the boys, they got Gen V is uh, the spinoff of the boys. So so would, I, would the Marvel would the Marvel TV shows be considered spinoffs? No, they're all in the same universe. They all consist. Well, I guess these. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could like Loki. I guess the TV shows could be spinoffs of the movies. Yeah, like. I would say that would probably be kind of like the Star Wars TV shows. Like those are spinoffs of characters that were in the universe. They are. So yeah. So there's spin off. So I would say, like as we're talking about this, I mean, there's a few things that are kind of loosey goosey that are obviously yeah. not canon. Yeah. But 
so we'll, we'll talk about it. Well, how about this? We'll talk about a segment and we'll be like canon or not canon argument and we'll we'll move on. How about that? Yeah. Okay. So this episode, season eight, episode 24, the Simpsons spinoff showcase. Uh, this is the second to last episode of season eight. It is sad. Ooh. We're almost done with season eight. Boy, this was a long ass season. <laughs> I know. It's felt like it's been going. I mean, okay, look, we probably took two hiatuses from recording. Yeah. And both of those were probably a good month, month and a half breaks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, the air date, May 11th, 1997. Um, I'd like to point out there isn't the uh, normal intro. We'll get into the intro for the show in a second, but we yep. don't, you know, no couch gag, no chalkboard, no nothing. Not a, yep. not a thing. Um, <laughs> I hate this recap. Yeah. I don't, I don't really like this recap. Is it factually correct? Yes. <laughs> but is it good? Uh, I'll let you guys decide. Grandpa's spirit inhabits the love tester at Moe's, and the family gets a smarmy variety show. Well, yeah, so I just don't know why the why the recap couldn't have been. Troy McClure introduces three new episodes for The Simpsons in a spin. Our characters from The Simpsons get their own. I I don't know. Something. It's just it's or. But here's the thing: there were three segments. Yes. Why not in the recap do each segment? Well, like, no, no, no. Well, no. I mean, they could, but remember, twenty-two shorts of Springfield. All he did was the the Skinner bit. And yeah, but, if I had to take a guess, if I had to take a guess, why they did the Skinner bit? Because that was at the time of probably writing Disney Plus. Yeah, that was the most popular skit. Yeah, Steve Hams. And so they were probably like, hey, you know what? Maybe someone never watching The Simpsons before. They read this recap and they're like, oh, I know the Steam Hand bit. I want to watch this entire episode. You know what I mean? Like, maybe. But but here's the thing. The the problem with this recap, if all you read is this recap, you're going to go, oh, they killed off Abe Simpson. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then, you know, the family, okay, the Simpsons get a variety show because Abe is dead and they're trying to make money. Like, to me, it's terrible recap. Yeah. I mean, it's not the best. Could definitely could, could have been better. Now, am I going to hold the Simpsons accountable for that recap? Absolutely not. No, that's definitely Disney Plus and (laughs) their writing staff. Watch, we learn that the Disney Plus recaps were actually written by Simpsons writers. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that'd be funny. So, um, before we get into this episode, there were actually some proposed real spinoffs for no. The Simpsons. Okay. That, that I didn't know about. So, there was, in 1994, Matt Groening actually pitched a live-action spinoff. From oh. The Simpsons that centered on Krusty the Clown that uh-uh. would have starred Dan Castellaneta in the role of from The Simpsons as Krusty the Clown. Interesting. And he and Michael Wheatorn wrote a pilot script where Krusty moved to Los Angeles and got his own, own talk show. Oh. So that's kind of cool. They, they kind of, you know, 
um, started their own. They they had ideas for real spinoffs, and that's kind of, I think, where this came from. Another one that they did was Groening actually also expressed a wish to make uh, Simstasia, like a, a parody of Fantasia. Yeah. But it was never produced, partly because uh. it would have been too difficult to write a feature-length script, although they did that anyways. Although the similar idea did appear in the episode Itchy and Scratchy Land, so they kind of already started. And then before his murder, Phil Hartman had said he'd wish to make a live-action film based around his character of Troy McClure. And several of the show's staff had expressed a desire to help create it. Yeah. So, unfortunately, Phil Hartman died, and that never came into fruition. So, funny enough, The Simpsons actually tried... To make uh make some spin-offs happen. Now here's my question. Is Futurama a spin-off of The <laughs> Simpsons? Well, as of when they did the crossover, you could almost say that it is. And so would that also mean disenchantment is part of the <laughs> Simpsons universe? Based on the last season, wouldn't that be a yes? Like, wasn't there something that tied all three of them together in that last so season? So there, there are Easter eggs of The Simpsons, I believe, in Disenchantment. There is an episode in the new Futurama where they, the, the time machine episode where you see Disenchantment when they're going through time. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So unless they build something into the new season of the Simpsons or uh, one of the newer seasons that has an Easter egg of disenchantment. I'm still going to say all three shows are connected in the same universe. Yeah. I'm for that. Okay. So uh, we start the episode off after Troy McClure walks down a long hallway amid of sea of frame pictures depicting such vintage TV show spinoffs, including Laverne and Shirley which was spun off from the TV show Happy Days. Yep. There was The Ropers, um, which I don't know what the spinoff of that one was. Wait, is Happy Days a spinoff of... No, uh, Laverne and Shirley was a spinoff from Happy Days. So Happy yeah, yeah. Days was the normal one. Laverne and Shirley is the uh, spinoff. So oh, the sorry. Ropers, uh, the yep, Ropers... Three's Company. Yeah, Three's Company. Yep, was a spinoff from Three's Company. Fish was spun off from Barney Miller. Okay. Rhonda and Rhoda. the Jefferson. What's that? Rhoda. Rhoda? Oh, Rhoda. Rhonda. I thought it was Rhonda. Uh, Rhoda and the Jeffersons was a spinoff of All in the Family. No, no, no. Rhoda and the Jeffersons are two different shows. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Let me start over. So right. Rhoda, Rhoda is a spinoff of is the first spinoff of the Mary Tyler Moore show. Yep. Which uh, is the show that Julie uh, Kavner, the Marge of Voice, once starred in. The Marge of Voice? I did not know that she was on the Mary Tyler Moore show. Oh, no, in the, the Rhoda show. Yeah, but you said the Marge of Voice. <laughs> the Voice not of the Marge. Voice Marge. There you go. Yep. And then there's the last one is The Jeffersons, which is a spinoff from All in the Family. Never watched um, All in the Family. I've seen the Jeffersons. Yeah, so so a lot of a lot of spinoffs out there, like we and talked about at the top of the show. The Jeffersons is one of the longest running sitcoms in history, and the second longest running series with a primarily African American cast, 
by episode count behind Tyler Perry's House of Pain. Wow. It had 11 seasons, 253 episodes. <laughs> that's a that's a good chunk of episodes. Yeah. Well, remember was... this is the this is mid 70s to mid 80s and back then they had more episodes per season, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, we got Troy McClure spin-off. Is there any other any word more thrilling to the human soul? Hi, I'm Troy McClure. You may remember me from such TV spin-offs as Son of Sanford and Son <laughs> and After Mannix. I don't know what After Mannix is supposed to be. Uh, <laughs> no, I do not. Yep. And so Troy is at the uh, Museum of TV and Television. <laughs> don't know if that's a real place, but it's not. Aw, I'd go to that. I'd go why, to that museum. But my question is, why isn't the muse- Why isn't it just the museum Museum of Television? Why is Why is it the Simpsons Museum of TV and Television? Because uh, TV, I don't know. Is it a uh, museum for... of television shows and then like television sets? Ooh, that'd be a yes. That'd be cr- yes. I think you're right. Is that what I like that is? it? Okay, I think you're right. Um, for a real treat for us uh, Simpsons fans, because tonight the Simpsons spinoff showcase. Woo-hoo. So Troy explains what the Simpsons showcase is. He's like, not long ago, the Fox Network approached the uh, producers of the Simpsons. With a simple request, 35 new shows to fill a few holes in their programming lineup. <laughs> and, and we get a nice little like like chart. map of chart of the uh, <laughs> uh, what's going on. Like the nothing. Lineup. Nothing is going nothing. on. Nothing is going on. All well, we got, well, all we got was Melrose Place and uh, X-Files. That was. And The was, Simpsons. And The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but uh, so I don't know. Do you remember the programming lineup back in '97? No, not really. So I, I believe saying. I believe it's correct. Now, granted, these are Eastern times. So the Simpsons started at eight, which would be seven yep. Central, and then the X Files started at nine, but that would be eight Central. Yeah, wasn't that? I don't remember. Did that run till ten though? Wasn't it nine to ten? Or am I wrong? No, I think you're right. I know I stayed up for it. Maybe it was eight to nine. Well, Central Time, I thought it was seven. It's always been seven. Yeah. It would have been Eastern. No, no, no. Simpsons started at eight. Did it? According in to 97? the chart. No, 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 no. According to the chart in the episode. No, then, <laughs> then it'd be Eastern Time Zone. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. The Simpsons started at seven, but this is saying the X-Files started at eight Central Time. But I thought it started at nine. Because I thought it was two out, like there was an hour of like The Simpsons and another show, and then two hours of other shows. No, I, I don't know. Welcome in the Middle was there. Is that a Sunday like, night deal? Yeah, it was like King of the oh. Hill, The Simpsons. All oh, right, um, Malcolm in the Middle, X Files. I'm swear to God, there was another show. I don't know what went on for the rest of the week. Nothing. Uh, Melrose Place was this on Mondays. But everything else was blacked out. They no, didn't no, have I, local I know, news in there. No, I know on the chart. I'm just saying <laughs> yeah. in real life. Oh, in real life? I don't know what Fox's lineup. You didn't know Fox's lineup? <laughs> Not Monday through Friday. Other... No, I mean, I can tell you, like, these days I can usually tell you I can't what's even going tell you on. What... I can't even tell you the lineup at my own TV station. <laughs> what? 
How do you not know? Well, I guess nowadays I don't know. I mean, I I used to know week in week out. What was oh yeah, on every station. Oh yeah, I used to have certain days I would watch stuff, but not like even at like because well, part of the problem right now is everybody's kind of in reruns because of the the actors and writers strike. Well, yeah. All right, but here I like, got it. I got it. Here we go. Okay. okay, so we had Simpsons. So this is all Eastern time. Yeah, we had Simpsons at eight, King of the Hill eight thirty, X Files at nine. Oh, so it was only a two hour block. Yep. On um, let's see here. That was Sunday. Then Monday on Fox, they had Melrose Place. Oh, Ally McBeal. So that was the back to back two hours. It was Melrose Place. Okay. And Allie- oh, yeah, that's right, Ally McBeal. Um, I'm trying to remember because I know in Green Bay, uh, the Fox station here, they have news that starts at nine. I don't know if that's how it was for Milwaukee or Chicago. It might be. So, so in the fall for Fox, it was Fox Tuesday night movie. What? Yeah. They just had a Tuesday night movie. And then, yeah. No wonder I, they went to The Simpsons to create programming. They didn't have anything. Uh, exactly. So then Wednesday on Fox, it was Beverly Hills 90210 and uh, Party of Five. Okay. So that was back-to-back then. And then, let's see here. Thursday night on Fox was Living Single, never heard of that, Between Brothers, and 413 Hope Street, whatever the <laughs> fuck that was. Clearly. Clearly, they needed new programming. Yeah. Now, here's the funny thing. So, Thursday night was big for NBC, though, because you had Friends and Seinfeld. Oh, or like, yeah. And ER. So, Friends, yeah. Seinfeld, and ER was oh, yeah. uh, was Thursday night. Oh, yeah. And then, and then uh, Friday night, they had The Visitor. <laughs> Millennium was at, which, which was the X Files spinoff oh. in 97. Um, but yeah, so like junk, like basically, but then, well, to be uh, fair, Friday night, Friday night is a death slot for TV. Well, no, 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 not for ABC. That was TGIF. That was ABC. They had Sabrina, the teenage witch boy meets world. Apparently another episode of Sabrina, the teenage witch. Oh, and teen angel. Whatever the fuck that was. Oh, teen angel. Is it? I thought teen angel was, wasn't that a spinoff of uh, Buffy the vampire slayer? That I don't know, but we're getting up, but we're getting off track. So <laughs> sorry. So, so I, for those of you that wanted to go down that memory lane of 1997, you're welcome. Thought I, oh, it was a fantasy sitcom. It only aired for eight <laughs> months. Jeez. So yeah, oh, just it, was for a, nine... it was created by uh, Al Jean and Mike Rice. Oh, we're <laughs> nice. It was created by, yeah, it was created by them. See, the Simpsons did it. They they uh they helped do a show on ABC instead of on Fox. <laughs> and it only lasted for eight months. Yep. So yes, clearly as I as we mentioned, uh Fox definitely needed help. Yes. Um that's a pretty daunting task. And the producers weren't up to it. Instead, they churned out three Simpsons spin-offs, transplanting already popular characters into new locales and situations. Yeah. Which is basically what, what a which is what a spinoff is. Yep. Uh, so Fox programming, um, as we explained, you know, we already explained that. So first up, a gritty crime drama starring Chief Wiggum, 
keep one eye open to look out for the Simpsons. <laughs> and then uh, he gra- Troy grabs a uh, solid gold remote <laughs> <laughs> to start this, apparently. I yep. don't know exactly why he needed that, but sure. Yeah. Um, but we start off with Chief Wiggum, P.I., which is a parody of police dramas such as Miami Vice, which is basically that intro. Yes. Magnum P.I. and Starsky and Hutch. Yeah. I would say Magnum P.I. more for the actual episode. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of Starsky and Hutch a little bit in the episode. Yep. So the intro we get of Wiggum driving in a convertible heading into New Orleans. <laughs> And Wiggum shooting up a restaurant called Tip Tippy Tina's. Yeah. Wonder if that's real. Uh, and then uh, Chief Wiggum chasing a bad guy on a rooftop, but while... he's on a scooter, <laughs> scooter or motorcycle. Yeah, I think it was a scooter. It's Wiggum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then we get Wiggum eating some shrimp, and we get a you know starring Chief Wiggum credit, and Skinner making uh, some sort of deal. Um, and he's Principal Seymour Skinner as Skinny Boy, and the guy he was making a deal with was, like, Huggy Bear. He looked yeah, at Huggy Bear. Exactly like Huggy Bear from Starsky and Hutch. Yeah, so, and then, uh, to end the intro, we get, uh, Ralph, uh, drawing a G on Chief Wiggum's door, <laughs> changing P.I. to Pig. Yep. That was great. I love that joke. So... Wiggum and Skinner move into their new office. Uh, Wiggum carries a box labeled magnifying glasses, and Skinner is carrying uh, a box labeled trench coats. Because as a PI, you need trench coats and magnifying glasses? That's right. Um, And Wiggum's like, ah, New Orleans, the Big Easy, Sweet Lady Gumbo, Old (laughs) Swampy. Skinner's like, I still don't understand, Clancy. Why give up your job as a small-town police chief to set up a detective shop in New Orleans? Oh, lots of reasons, I suppose. Got kicked off the force, for one thing. Skinner's Finally. like, <laughs> I know. Skinner's like, for massive corruption? For massive cor- Exactly. <laughs> Skinner continues, yeah, it's for me. I was born and bred here on the, me- on the mean streets of Nolans. Oh, sure, <laughs> yeah. I left briefly to take that principal's job in Springfield. But in my heart, uh, I've always been a small town, small time hustler. Wiggum's like, I know. That's precisely why I hired hired you as my leg man, skinny boy. I want you to put the word out. Chief Wiggum is here to clean up this crime dump. So, okay. So, as we talked, you know, canon or not canon. Now, we haven't got the principal at the popper yet. Correct. Theoretically. Theoretically. This... Could be canon because he could have come from New Orleans and not have but lived in Springfield his entire life. I will say, yes, we are going to go through Principal and the Pauper, but I'm going to treat this like certain TV shows and movies that don't exist in my brain and say that, epi- that episode does not exist in my brain. Fair Even enough. It might exist in real life. Now, now I feel like the Chief Wiggum side of things, yeah, that, that could be yeah. canon. He got kicked off the force, yeah. came to New Orleans. But the Skinner side of the story, it's a little bit looser, I guess. Yeah. So then we see a skull is thrown through Wiggum's window, and Skinner points out that Wiggum already has an enemy, and that the <laughs> folks in their neighborhood don't like law and order types. That's fair. Not a lot. Not many people like the cops. Uh, Wiggum asks if that is. It's like, is that right? Uh, maybe they'll change their minds when Wiggum arrests them for throwing skulls on my floor. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then 
Wiggum picks up the skull and uses it as a pencil holder. Well, you might as well use it for something. Yeah. Uh, so now uh, we see Wiggum and uh, Ralph living in a boat called the Big Queasy. That's great. <laughs> that is a great name. Uh, and we see Wiggum tucking Ralph into bed. And uh, Clancy's like, it's no cakewalk being a single parent, juggling a career in a family like so many juggling bowls. Do I suppose? <laughs> and Ralph's like, Daddy, these rubber pants are hot. <laughs> Wiggum's like, you wear them until you learn, son. So, okay. So after Clancy got fired from the police force for corruption, uh, Sarah divorced him? I mean, wouldn't you? That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. Right? But again, I don't... See, I, I know you're going to say these are canon. I'm going... Th- none of this is canon. But the spinoff... Not- not a not a single one of the episodes that you're going to cover is canon. I'm just going to put that out there right now. It's just, no, it's just but, too... No, but if this is a spinoff showcase, like every other spinoff in existence, all those but are canon. But here's the thing. These episodes, technically, yes, they, they made it to air to us, but they never are in the Simpsons universe. No, you because... You can't say this is canon... Up. Yeah, because the Simpsons end up showing up. Because those, those, they go it's to New Orleans dream. for a reason. <laughs> it's a fever dream. Uh-huh. I, I don't know. Um, uh, Wiggum and Like, no, because I would feel like these are... Th- this is the perspective I put it. They wanted... Fox wanted the Simpsons to make something for them. This is a run-through of what they could give them oh. as episodes. Okay. These are like pilots. Pilots, okay. These aren't necessarily like these are ideas. They're like, okay, what can we throw together quickly to you know show what we can give them? Oh, how about how about Chief Wiggum gets fired from the force? Like these are just pilots. They, these aren't in universe yet. Oh, like, okay. There are t- there are TV shows that get one episode and then no nothing else. Sure. So. I'm going to say these are more pilot episodes and not real Simpsons episodes. Um, so Wiggum and Skinner go out to eat and the waiter brings them their food. I think he's the chef. I, I called him the waiter, but he's wearing a chef coat. Yeah. Um, and he brings them their food and the guy's on a scooter because he's fat. Um, <laughs> and he's like, he's like, he's like, try these. I get on tea. You will like this food. And Skinner's like, stop saying saying that. Get on tea. Why? That's how he speaks, man. He's French. Chowder. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Chowder. Uh, Wiggum asks Skinner if he knows who threw the skull through his window. And he's like, what's the word on the street? And Skinner tells Wiggum that he, he's like, I got to be honest, chief. I haven't lived in New Orleans for 42 years. <laughs> So, so he, he moved, he moved how to old Springfield is when he was a kid. Was, was he like say, 60, know, 40, 50, 50, 60, 50, 60 Do we years? know how old Skinner is? I feel like we learned, but maybe. We'll have to do, maybe we'll do some math when we... Well, do we get more army episodes? We do. We get a couple. Wasn't well, he but, technically in Vietnam? I think so. So that would put him in about his 60s, right? Well, if it, well, no, Vietnam was 70s, late 60s, early 70s. This is 97. He would yeah. have probably been in his 20s. 
Yep. Or late teens, early 20s. So he's probably late 40s, early 50s. Okay. So probably a kid. He was a kid when he lived there. Yep. Yeah, that would make sense. Um, so Skinner says, according to an article he read in Parade Magazine, there is a criminal by the name of Big Daddy who runs the town. By the way, when I heard the name Big Daddy, all I thought about was the Adam Sandler movie. Because <laughs> that's the name of the movie, Big Daddy. Yeah. Isn't it? Got, right? Big Daddy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, so yeah, I, I, that's all I thought about this episode. Uh, Wiggum says Big Daddy won't feel so big if he messes with Wiggum again. And Wiggum's like, I highly doubt he'll he'll bug me again. And then someone, Big Daddy, presumably. Oh, so now it's the night. Ralph is sleeping in his room. Or is it Wig- No, it's Wiggum's room. And yep. we see two hands putting an alligator into Wiggum's room. <laughs> so and, and I love like the alligator like climbs into bed, gently bites his head. And Wiggum's like, no, no, not right now. And then he wakes up and realizes... <laughs> uh, He's got an alligator biting on him, so he pushes off. He gets up, grabs his gun, and starts shooting at the alligator. Um, and Wiggum is a terrible, terrible shot. Yes, we we knew that though. He was literally like a foot away from this alligator and managed to shoot above him every single time. Um, and so Skinner runs in and wrestles the gator before punching it out. Skinner's kind of a badass. Um, yep. Well, he's and Skinner, whoever Magnum PI is. Tom Selleck? Yeah, he's like Tom Selleck. Yeah, and so Skinner says, luckily for Wiggum, it was just a warning gator, and he shows Wiggum <laughs> that the teeth are covered in corks. Or with corks. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of funny. <laughs> the alligator's like corked. That. Yeah. Oh, that's good. So Wiggum runs out to the deck and yells to Big Daddy that he doesn't scare him, and says, I'm three steps ahead of you. And then Skinner informs Wiggum that Ralph has been kidnapped. So... <laughs> Not quite three steps. No, more like three uh, steps behind. Yes. And there's a skull on Ralph's bed, and Skinner points out that that's Big Daddy's calling card inside the skull. Because <laughs> that's where he put it. Yep. Skull's, skull's, skull's just a way to, you know, Deliver. break window, break windows and stuff. Yes. Calling card's a calling card. Yeah. And uh, the card reads, Big Daddy, seen in Parade Magazine. <laughs> I just love all these like cop shows like Miami Vice and Magnum PI where it's like, there's just so much crime going on. Although I feel yeah. like it wasn't in Starsky and Hutch though, typically over episode over episode was like the same like villain basically where I've like Miami, I... like Miami Vice and Magnum PI seem to be like, like the bad guy of the week type shows. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I never watched Starsky and Hutch. I watched the movie. It was a man. <laughs> sure, that doesn't count. So Wiggum points out that they have their first case ever because they just moved there, and it's and this time it's personal. <laughs> yeah, they always like to say that in like cop dramas way back in the day. They're like, it's personal. Yep. And then there's a brief pause, and then Chief Wiggum, PI, will return right now. <laughs> no commercial no commercial break needed no. uh, so Big Daddy calls Wiggum and Skinner's on the other line to listen in and it's like who is this uh, it's just me chief I'm on the other line <laughs> um, and Big Daddy introduces himself as Charles Daddy and Wiggum asks uh, how Ralph is doing 
And Big Daddy says that Ralph is fine for now. That he taught the boy how to play the spoons. And we cut down to Ralph. He's just trying to shove spoons up his nose. <laughs> uh, yeah. Also, they were in a payphone. Yes, booth. they were. Um, and just to let you know, the character of Big Daddy is based on New Orleans musician Dr. John. Oh. Guessing he's a jazz-type musician. Probably. I guess. But, uh, yeah. Kind of cool. Um, I don't know how they pulled that one out of their ass, but cool nonetheless. And uh, Daddy tells uh, Wiggum that if he wants to see his son again, that he has to leave town that day and hangs up. So get out of town, Wiggum, without your son, I guess. Yeah. How's he supposed to get his son back if he leaves town? Uh, Big Daddy will mail him to him. Eh, it's Ralph. He'll survive. Yeah. So uh, Wiggum hangs up the phone after talking with Big Daddy. And uh, Wiggum's like, huh. Sounded like some sort of party going on in the background. <laughs> Are there any parties today, Skinner? And he was like, nah, it's not really a party town. Though if I remember correctly, they occasionally held a fictional, or sorry, called a function called Marty's something. <laughs> Marty's something. <laughs> and uh, they open up the shades to the office and it's Mardi Gras going on. Yeah. Good timing. And uh, so Wiggum uh, starts freaking out when he's surrounded by people in mass. Oh, sorry. No, you're right. Yeah. Well, they go down to the street. They go out onto yeah. the. They go out into the street, and there's a bunch of people uh, in mass surrounding him. And it's just the Simpsons. Yeah. And Wiggum's like, "Well, if it isn't my old friends from Springfield, the Simpsons, what brings you folks to New Orleans?" And Bart's like, "Mardi Gras, man." And the big easy calls, you got to accept the charges. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, Chief Wiggum, I can't wait to hear about all your uh, exciting, sexy adventures you're sure to have against this colorful backdrop. I don't know if that's really a least of things to say, but it's a spinoff. So we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll let it go. And Wiggum's like, well, golly, I'd love to chat. My son's been kidnapped. Uh, you haven't seen him, have you? Caucasian male, between the ages of 6 and 10, thinning hair. <laughs> uh, I think uh, they got they know who Ralph is. Yeah. But it, clearly you don't know who Ralph is. <laughs> and Homer points across the street where Big Daddy has Ralph on his shoulders watching the parade. <laughs> and uh, Ralph points out, uh, to Ch- points out Chief Wiggum to Big Daddy. He's like, Look, Big Daddy, it's regular Daddy. (laughs) Uh, There's been a few Simpsons memes for that one. Make sure that's on your podcast. Yes. Okay. And uh, Big Daddy sees Wiggum and says, I have to run. I wish I wasn't so fat. (laughs) I love when fat people apparently uh, have to tell everyone that they're too fat. So, uh... Daddy sees uh, Wiggum and says that he has to run and he wishes he wasn't so fat. And uh, uh, I love fat people pointing out that they're fat. It's yep. kind of funny. And yep. Wiggum and Skinner chase after Big Daddy. And uh, Big Daddy takes a fan boat and Wiggum kicks a, a cop off the other one at the dock and says, please business. Instead of just saying, hey, can I borrow your fan boat? Yeah, And uh, Wilgum pulls up to Big Daddy and tells Ralph to hold on, and he's coming, 
But Wiggum's tongue gets caught in the fan. <laughs> that might, that tough... might, I mean, at least look, at least he had the pain. Like he actually, yeah. like clearly he would probably be dead, but it could have been a little bit less dramatic, I guess. But these type of cop dramas, they're pretty dramatic. Yeah. So a henchman tries to jump on Wiggum's fan boat. And then Wiggum uses the fan, so he, like, tilts it so, like, the air is blowing upwards, and he uses the fan to blow the henchman away. It's kind of clever. Pretty yeah. good. I don't know what kind of force you would need behind the air blowing up to push a person, but I'm pretty sure it's I mean, a lot. Not I mean, those on a fans fan are, I mean, those fans are strong to push a 500-pound boat on water. I Yeah, but are they going to be strong enough to push, push a person in the i don't think so it hey, dude if it can push a 500 pound boat it's good it are they push 500 100... pounds oh they're heavy yeah they're <laughs> yeah they're not yeah. light um and uh so like uh big daddy kind of gets away and they all pull up to big daddy's hideout and uh Graham's like how much is it to rent a hideout like this one and skinner's like that's not rented it's stolen it's the louisiana governor's mansion and it's been missing for eight months how do you miss the mansion? I mean, I guess it's in the middle of a swamp, but... Well, yeah, I mean, it's in the middle of nowhere, but obviously, at when they... St- I love how they stole this thing and had to, like, put it up on, like, stilts or whatever inside. Yeah. I mean, yeah, God, the, the the labor it would take <laughs> steal to, to steal this house and put it in the middle of a swamp, I, I mean, it might it's as not well worth just- it. You know, so, you might as well just build your own hideout at that point. Yeah. Um, so everybody runs into the mansion and Big Daddy gets there first and he sits in a chair and like he turns around, like he turns the back to his door and then Wiggum and Skinner enter the room and he turns the chair back around. He's like, <laughs> I've been expecting you. Oh, the shit. villain turned. The villain turned. Yeah, well, the villain turned. It's, it's the villain reveal. Really <laughs> um, and so Big Daddy welcomes women. Uh, um, yeah. Um, and so... Wiggum says, uh, expect this, the arrest of Big Daddy by me. <laughs> sure. And Big Daddy's like, Nolans is my town. Won't nobody gonna mess with me. I got interest. And I ain't talking about stamp collecting, though I do find that extremely interesting. <laughs> and Skinner in a mean voice, oh yeah? Well, that makes two of us. I Thanks, can definitely thanks. see Skinner as a stamp collector. Yes. Thanks for adding nothing to the conversation, though. <laughs> Um, and so Big Daddy says, there's an old saying down on the bayou. And then he just picks up Ralph and throws him at Wiggum <laughs> and jumps out a window and swims away. Slowly, <laughs> I might add. Yes. And uh, Skinner Skinner points out to Wiggum that Big Daddy is gradually getting away. And Wiggum's <laughs> like, uh, let him go. I have a feeling we'll meet again each and every week. Always in more sexy and exciting ways. So whatever Lisa said, you know, stuck in his brain. Yeah. But see, it's, but that's what I mean. Like a lot of these shows, maybe all of them, I, like I said, didn't really watch them, but it's one of those things where you watch shows today, like FBI and criminal minds and a lot of the other stuff. It's new, basically new bad guys week after week. I feel like these old shows were, I, I feel like these, these older shows were like 20 some episodes, all the same bad guy. And <laughs> This is kind of the I, shit I, they get into. I would say, um, 
like Law and Order SVU, yeah, it's like a bad guy kind of, well, not really bad guy, but like a new story every week. And they do orcs. I would say for Criminal Minds, yes, there's kind of a bad guy, like a new bad guy every week, but also, especially in like the later seasons, because I love Criminal Minds, there's always like an overarching bad guy for the entire season. Now, mind yes. you, that's like that's like a few few seasons here and there, especially like the last few seasons, there were a more overarching bad guy. Um but there's like a formula that they use. It's yes. like two episodes of arcing bad guy, like seven episodes of bad flavor, of the, flavor of the week. Yeah. And then a couple more episodes of the bad guy. Then another good chunk of flavor of the week. And well, then I mean, they, look at, look, okay. Look at the X-Files. They, they had same old, thing. like, yep. Yeah. Same they had thing. monster of the week for a few weeks. And then they had a couple episodes that did the lore of the X-Files and monster of the week. Like, yep. So, I don't. I, again, I never watched these older cop dramas, so I can't really. No, but say. that's like, but that's like seventies ish time frame, and I'm wondering just then, like, hey, we should have kind of like a kind of like a Lex Luthor, like Superman yeah. has Lex Luthor, and there's what goes on with Lex Luthor week after week after week. They didn't have like the flavor of the week back then. Like I'm talking, like I, I can't remember who played Superman for the TV show way back when. But that's kind of how that was. And he no, only he did... only did the movies. There was a guy that played Superman back in the day, but um, I feel like that's what it was back then. And nowadays, it's like, oh, we need more, more bad guys. <laughs> Just can't have every episode be trying to catch the same guy. Yeah, I I don't know. Uh, not my era, so I can't really speak to that. Uh, Ralph hugs his dad, and he's like. When I grow up, I want to be just like you. Skinner's <laughs> like, well, you better start eating. <laughs> and so everybody laughs. And Ralph's like, I didn't mean it that way. And I keep <laughs> laughing. And that's that's the first spinoff showcase episode. Yep. So now we go back to the museum where Troy is staring at mannequins of the Charlie's Angels. But it's funny, like it came back and he was like looking at a lady. Yeah. And for for like a split second, I'm like, why is he standing next to this chick? And what what's she yeah. doing? And then it pans away, <laughs> and you see all three Charlie's Angels. And I'm like, oh, they're just mannequins. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah, I don't, it was weird. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's how like showcases. I don't know. Uh, so Troy asks if the Simpsons could have maintained their popularity popularity without Mel. Well, let's hope so. <laughs> Because Mo is leaving to do his own sitcom. Uh, don't panic, because Mo is taking a familiar sidekick with him, and his best friend Homer might just pop in to wish him luck. Wish him luck. Let's uh, let's us wish him luck. Yeah. All right. Well, that was to wake him. Good luck, yeah. Mo. So now we get the love matic grandpa, which um, uh, it was a throwback to the show My Mother the Car. Yeah. And it's a parody of a lot of fantasy sitcoms like yeah. Mr. Ed, I Dream of Jeannie, Bewitched, and yeah, having a lot of similarities to My Mother the Car, which I'm assuming was about yeah. a talking car. Uh, My Mother the Car um, is an American fantasy comedy that aired for a single season on NBC. Um, nice. The 
premise features a man whose deceased mother is reincarnated as yep. a unique car okay. he communicates with him through the car radio. So Knight Rider. Almost. Except Knight Rider was uh, AI. <laughs> that we know of. What, okay, what's the, what's the, the car that like races? It's a love Volkswagen bug. Beetle? What? The love, the love Bug. Yeah, but what's the name of the Love Bug? Herbie. Kirby? Herbie. Herbie. With an H. Is it Herbie? Herbie. Herbie. Yes. Uh, in 2000, oh, by the way, going back to my mother, the car, TV Guide in 2002 proclaimed it to be the second worst of all time <laughs> behind <laughs> the Jerry Springer show. Wow. Uh, the show's premise was similar to other popular comedies of the 60s that featured a fantastic gimmick, such as Mr. Ed, yeah. uh, Bewitched, uh, I Dream of Genie, and The Flying Nun. Never heard of that one. Never heard of The Flying Nun? No. Even I've heard of The Flying Nun. I've never watched it, but I've heard of it. All right. Um, and so uh, we see Barney drinking at Moe's, because where else is he going to be? Yep. And uh, he goes, well, I better go. I got a date with that lady in front of the drugstore who's always yelling things. And Bo's <laughs> like, she told me she was washing her hair tonight. So Bo, uh, Mo tried to ask her out, apparently. Yes. And she <laughs> said she was busy because she's going on a date with Barney. Yep. Uh, Mo says he is so desperately lonely. And uh, so this one has a laugh track to it. And I hate yeah. those sitcoms. Like, <laughs> like I love like the first watch through of uh, that '70s show. I was fine with because I was like a kid. But like watching it back later as an adult, I hate laugh tracks because they're supposed well, to signify film... to the audience when you're supposed to laugh. If you no, have to tell the audience when to laugh, your show isn't funny. I thought those were filmed in front of a live studio audience. Not that '70s show. Was no, that? I don't think that '70s show was. I could have sworn it was a laugh track. I know Seinfeld. Seinfeld was filmed in front of a live studio audience. Same thing with like Mad About You and a few other ones, weren't they? I I could have sworn uh, Seinfeld. Or is that more? The network forced the, oh, um, so uh, Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld wanted a single camera film like aesthetic. Uh, NBC forced them to adopt a multi-camera setup Taped in front of a live... Okay, so they guess... Yep. Oh, they were... That's okay, hold on. Hold on. They were taped in front of a live studio audience to supply the laughter track. I don't know what that... So there was a laugh track, but they recorded the they audience? used the audience? <laughs> That's what it makes it sound like. Well, I guess you might have to in, like, post. You know what oh. I mean? Like, because... Like... Look, they you record the laugh track, right? On a separate mic... Yeah. And then and then the actors have their own mic track, you know, on their yeah. uh, labs that they're wearing. Yeah. And then you take the the audiences. So it was filmed in front of live studio audience clearly, but they used their laugh track that they record <laughs> of the audience. It's in the... so weird. Yeah, cuz that 70s show was the same way. They filmed in front yeah. of an audience that provides a laugh track for the scenes containing jokes. Yeah. I don't I mean it, it makes sense. Leaves... Just leave the... It makes sense, but at the same time, then just leave the audience in. Unless Don't, it sounds weird. You know what I mean? It's Unless possible it's like, it sounds weird. 
Because you're talking about like distance. Like you're talking that's a true. stage that's like 40 feet away. Yeah, the audience is having a ball and laughing really loud. But how does that sound uh, coming from a sound that's stage? That's true. Probably not great. Yeah. Um, and so, so yeah, so this, so the, the, the Love Mad at Grandpa is filmed because it's animated in front yeah. of a live studio audience with a laugh track. Uh, and then Grandpa tells Mo to quit his belly aching and calls Mo a loser. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong, but good Lord, man. Uh, Mask, Mo's like, who said that? And he's like, it was me. Mo's like, that can't be because you're dead. <laughs> yeah. And he says, I, I was dead, but I came back as uh, Moe's love testing machine. And Abe says he's the love-matic grandpa. And Moe screams. <laughs> um, and then we get a theme song. We get a love-matic grandpa theme song. And this is like, this is like, it looks like the Bewitched. Yeah. I think it was like, or is it the I Dream of Genie? It was one of the two, or maybe it was kind of a combination. I of think both, it's but both. It, but it looked like that animation style yeah. and thing from that show. I was like, while shopping for some cans, an old man passed away, floated up toward heaven, but got lost along the way. Now he's the love mad at grandpa, the wise Socratic grandpa. He'll fill your hearts with love. Yeah. Willie, though. Willie. No. I do love the animation because, like, Abe's shopping and then like the shelving <laughs> thing falls on him. His soul floats up and then he's hit by a plane and yep. then his soul falls back into Moe's. I love it. I love it. It's great. Yeah. Um, and then Abe tells Moe not to be afraid that Abe is here to help him with his romantic problems. And Moe's like, hey, I don't need no advice from no pinball machine. I'll have you know, I wrote the book on love. And Grandpa's like, yeah. All quiet on the Western Front. God damn. <laughs> Burn. Uh, oh, that's great. I Mo, love Mo it. Needs a, Mo needs a burn, uh, burn word. Yep. And the audience goes, ooh. <laughs> and Mo tells Abe to kiss his dish rag. And the audience laughs. And uh, Abe tells Mo that Mo's problem is that he he's a crab. And women like sweet talkers. And Mo says, I have sweet. He's sweeter than, Ju I'm sweeter than Jewish wine. Dude, Jewish wine is pretty goddamn sweet. It is. And um, I, Abe tells Mo to prove, prove it and to sweet talk the next pretty young thing <laughs> that walks through the door. And Homer walks through the door and says, greetings. And the audience laughs because clearly it's He's going to have to make love to Homer Simpson. What? No, not really. Nope. <laughs> and Abe uh, tells Homer that it's him. And he floated up towards heaven and got lost along the way. <laughs> Just like the theme song said. Yeah. And Homer's like, Dad, is that really you? Darn tootin', you lousy fink. You buried me naked and sold my suit to a <laughs> ping pong, or to buy a ping pong table. What kind of son... And Homer unplugs the lovematic grandpa. <laughs> and Homer's like, call me when you get a karaoke machine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a lot of bars really did start uh, pumping out them karaoke machines. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Have you been in a bar with a love, love testing machine? Um, Do you even have those anymore? The only place I've ever seen it is Universal Studios. 
Oh. Oh, I wait, mean, did it, they have did they have them at Moe's? Like, yeah, they had one. Oh, at really? Mo's. I guess I didn't even notice I, that. I'd have to check the pictures I took when I took my trip there. I could have sworn they had one at Universal Studios. I know I've seen one. I cannot for the life of remember remember where. All right, I have to keep my eye out for them. At it bars. was either at Universal Studios and I, or this this other one might be super freaking wrong. Um, Jack Daniels. Oh, I mean, it's kind of fun to. I've seen them before. Like I've seen I them have in random bars here and there, but I haven't seen them recently. No. And so uh, Monk plugs Abe back in, and Abe says, "That's the second time Homer pulled the plug on him." <laughs> so is 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 Abe saying Homer killed him? Yep. So it must have been before his accident. No, it had to be after. No, so no, no. Abe was crushed. Abe was crushed. He was rushed to the hospital. Homer is like, I'm not spending money on this and pulled the plug. No, he was dead in the thing. Because remember, his soul floated up at the grocery store. He was dead at the grocery store. We don't know that. Yeah, because then the airplane hit him and he falls into the love tester. So he tried killing Grandpa before the accident. Maybe. And a woman walks into the bar and says she just (laughs) was just in a car accident and needs to use the phone. And Mo tells her that using the phone is a four drink minimum. Then Abe buzzes at Mo. He's like, wrong. Yeah. Wrong. What are you doing? And Mo says, what's the problem? Uh, uh, Because he's being as nice as he can. (laughs) Clearly. And Abe tells Mo to test the lady. And Mo gives the lady a coin to use on the machine. She says, okay. I could use a laugh after that accident. <laughs> and uh, the lady uses the love tester and he stops on Lovelorn and tells her she needs a man. Mo near now. Go near Mo. <laughs> and she's like, huh? And Abe's like, go near Mo. And Mo's, Mo, Mo, Mo repeats what Abe said. He's like, yeah, go near Mo. I'm Mo. It's like, I think that's a pretty strong endorsement. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so Mo asks the lady out. Uh, he's like, oh, do you want to go out, out back? And Abe, you know, buzzes again. He's like, eh, wrong. And he's like, most like out to dinner at a fancy French restaurant. And she smiles at Mo and she's like, oh, that sounds great. Um, and she's like, if the love tester is as accurate as it looks, they might just be having breakfast too. Yep. Damn, Mo. Um, go Mo. Um, yeah. And Mo, Mo tells Abe that he uh, he did it. He is uh, really a love expert. He's Abe's like, dang right. He's like, I invented kissing. I, it was during World War One. And uh, Mo just goes in front and points at Abe. He's like, you know, he's like, oh, look at this guy talking. <laughs> and uh, now we cut to Le Snotherie for dinner. Yeah, that sounds, like a, that sounds like a French restaurant. Yeah, at least not that he, uh, And we see Mo has brought Abe to the dinner as the love tester, because Mo sucks with women. Yep. And so uh, Mo uh, brings him into the bathroom, and he apologizes for having to do that. Uh, but he doesn't want Betty to get wise to him. So now we've learned that his date's name is Betty, and yep. Betty is a character of Trust McNeil. And, so he, and she cool. voiced and she voiced her. Yeah, cool. 
Um, and so Abe, uh, Abe's like, this is not the evening I have envisioned. What, what evening was he envisioning? Being stuck at the bar? <laughs> yeah, apparently. And Can't get so, up and walk around on his own. Yeah. And so Mo looks out of the bathroom door and he is, and he sees Betty has just arrived. And Mo asks Abe for advice to, you know, to be more romantic. Uh, you know, Mo asks for uh, advice and Abe tells Mo to be romantic. Uh, Mo says, uh, ain't shun- sunshine pretty and ain't flowers stupid. <laughs> so it, like, that's what he's like asking Abe if he should say. And Abe's like, sure. Um, and so Mo leaves the bathroom and Abe's like, I've suffered for so long. Why can't I die? <laughs> I, I, I agree, Abe. I agree. Well, he is dead. He just doesn't want to be in a machine anymore. Correct. Well, why can't his soul pass? Yes. And so, um, so Mo goes out and, you know, tells Betty she's, you know, more put together than some women. He basically calls Betty ugly. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, she asks him to talk about himself and he freaks out and he's like, uh, excuse me. Uh, I gotta go to the bathroom again. Uh, I have the runs. If I was her, I would have been like, long gone. Yeah, I'm out of here. Yeah. So now we go back to the men's bathroom and Jimbo, Dolphin, Kearney are beating the crap out of Abe. Um, and apparently during, uh, right after this, um, there's a reference to 2001 A Space Odyssey where Grandpa sings Daisy while in pain. Which is a reference to Hal 9000 singing Daisy right before his higher thinking was deactivated. Oh, okay. Um, and so uh, Mo stops the bullies from beating up Abe and Kearney as they're walking out. He's like, he called me gay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you can get away with that joke anymore. No, probably uh, not. And so now Abe is glitching out singing Daisy and uh, tells Mo to tell Buddy, Betty that her butt is as big as the Queen's and twice as fragrant. And so, because Mo wants advice while Abe is dying, so Mo goes out, tells her that, comes back with food on his head, and calls Abe the dumbest haunted <laughs> love tester he has ever met, and then Mo starts hitting him. <laughs> yep. And so Betty walks in and asks, what's going on? That's typically the, the trope yeah. in a lot of those comedy comedy sitcoms where you know they're running off to do something they they want to know and uh um Mo's like I might as well come clean with ya I ain't too good talking to women and I really wanted to do ya so so I brought along the love tester to help me as you may have guessed is inhabited by the ghost of my friend's dead father as I don't you think may she, have guessed. I don't think she would have guessed that at all. <laughs> I don't think she even knew that it was well. Okay, so that I okay, so that almost means that at the bar when she grabbed the love tester and the love tester did the thing, she heard the voice. But I always thought that it was not in Mo's head, like or Mo could hear the spirits or hear. You know, ghosts. No, because Abe or Homer heard Abe. Oh, yeah. So she would have had to hear him, too. But I don't yeah. know how she guessed. Well, she wasn't there yet when Homer was there. No. So how would she have guessed that it was <laughs> her dad? 
Her best uh, friend's dead father. Uh, she wouldn't have. Exactly. And Betty calls Mo a conniving, devious, monstrous, despicable, sweet little angel. <laughs> so she's smitten with him. And yeah. Mo starts asking Betty to give him a chance until he registers what he said. It's like, yeah. what? And uh, she can't believe that Mo went through all that trouble just for her. And she kisses Mo. Ah, uh, Mo uh, has a, has a love interest. Too bad that spinoff didn't take. Yeah, because then Mo would actually have been happy. Yeah, you can't have happy Mo. Yeah, and Mo and Betty thank Abe, and Abe wants them to introduce him to the cute little payphone out front. <laughs> Does Abe think the payphone is haunted? Maybe, maybe all machinery's haunted. We just don't know it. Yeah, I highly doubt it. And uh, they all laugh, and Mo says Abe is horny. <laughs> I mean, if I was trapped in a love tester. And, uh, but yeah, he's the love mad at Grandpa, and he filled our hearts with love. <laughs> yep. And so Troy welcomes us back, and he's sitting down, talking with the curator of the Museum of TV and Television, Mr. John Winslow. Curator is about to say something when Troy gets up and introduces us to our final spinoff. <laughs> eh, the guy must have been uh, very boring. Yes. And uh, the Simpsons are getting a showcase uh, to show off their own talents. Unfortunately, one of the Simpsons didn't want the chance and refused to participate. <laughs> so here's the thing with this. So I mentioned... Uh, in the, which episode was that? Was that the last episode? Yeah, in Homer's Enemy, um, Lisa's voice actress, uh, Yeardley Smith, got the flu after recording all of her lines for In March We Trust, and so she couldn't actually do this episode. So, do you know who voiced this Lisa, then? Uh... Do you have any info on that? Because I couldn't find anything. No, probably one of the other voice actresses on the show. Okay. Maybe maybe Julie Cavender did it. Maybe uh uh I can't think of Bart's actress right Nancy, now. Nancy Cartwright. Nancy Cart maybe she did it. Maybe Tress McNeil did it. Maybe. Yeah. Um, It'd be so, kind of interesting to see who uh who took that on. Yeah. Uh, but thanks to some creative casting. We won't even notice. <laughs> Show us what you've got, TV. <laughs> and, and so this is a, a likely spoof of the 77 spinoff, The Brady Bunch for Whitey Hour. Eve Plum, who I believe plays the middle child of the girls, uh, refused to repart- uh, participate in the spinoff. No, it was um, Jan she, Brady. Jan Brady. Oh, it was Jan Brady. Yeah, so she didn't want to appear in all of the planned episodes. And so she was replaced by another girl playing Jan. Yep. Yeah. Is it is Jan the or is Jan the uh, youngest? I think she's the youngest. Yeah. Because there's Jan, Marsha, and Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. I forget who the third daughter is. Yeah. Probably the one that hates Marsha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. And so uh, Kent does the introductions live from Radio City Music Room in downtown Springfield. <laughs> It's the Simpsons Family Smile Time Variety Hour. And we see a clock behind Kent that says 820, which is when this segment most likely would air. Yes. If it was live. 
Well, not even, yeah. not not necessarily live, but like most no half hour introductions te- live from Radio Music City. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, um, is that you said live. What I'm saying is most half-hour TV shows are broken up into three segments. Oh, sure. So this would be the th- third segment, and the third segment is usually the 820 hour. Yep. And uh, it's uh, featuring Will and Smithers dancers and Springfield Baggy Pants players. And uh, this, uh, those, uh, I don't know who they're supposed to be. Well, the Simpsons family is made to look like the Partridge family. Correct. But I, I'm talking about the Springfield Baggy Pants players. Is that supposed to be like an SNL thing? Because this oh, is it might be or Laughing. Um, no, I don't think I it's never laughing. watched Laughing. No, that I don't. Oh wait, so Ken Brockman introduces the show from inside a broadcast style booth, similar to Laughing. Okay. Um, and then there's the Sea Captain joke that was uh, part of Laughing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the baggy pants, uh, thing has to do. Um, and now the family that doesn't know the meaning of the word canceled, the Simpsons. Dude, when I heard that line, I'm like, man, that line hits so much harder, uh, 25 years later. (laughs) Yeah. Unfortunately, the TV show Futurama understands the word word canceled. (laughs) <laughs> do they understand it though? <laughs> no, they, they keep, keep coming back. back. <laughs> uh, uh, but they know, they know in the back of their minds. Uh, the Simpsons uh, sing, "Come along and bring the family. Come along and join the fun. Come along and join the family. Join the family, Simpson." Roll call. There we get. Remember me. My name is Marge. The TV mom, whose hair is large. And then Ma- Marge holds up Maggie so Maggie can wave. Because Maggie yep. can't talk, so she doesn't get her own song. And then Bart she goes... Talk, she couldn't even talk in a spin-off <laughs> showcase. Ridiculous. No. Um, and so... Uh, and Bart's like, step back, mom. It's Bart's turn now. Eat my shirts. Don't have a cow. And then we get, <laughs> quote-unquote, Lisa. And she's like, I'm Lisa. Peppy, blonde, and stunning. Sophomore prom queen, five years running. Go, Lisa! So she's not as smart as Lisa, apparently, because she (laughs) had to repeat her sophomore year of high school five times. Yes. She's also a sophomore in high school. Yeah. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Um, And then uh, Bart, you know, he's like, hold on, hold on. We got to stop the music. Homer isn't here. And so the family looked for Homer during the intro and uh, Lisa finally finds him in the orchestra pit. And Homer's like, I'm hiding from the, 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 the ghost. Marge's like, ghost? What ghost? But before the show, you said we were having a special ghost tonight. Marge's like, I said we were having a special guest tonight, Mr. Tim Conway. And Homer's <laughs> like, what's a Tim Conway? And Tim Conway, voicing himself, walks on stage, oh, about 120 pounds. Now, oh, obviously, I, now, obviously, this was scripted. <laughs> yeah, clearly, obviously. clearly, but I, it's just so funny in real life. I feel like is that a joke that someone on like SNL would really play? Probably not. 
Like it's it's funny. It's a damn yeah. funny line. Yeah, that's good. And then they finish up their song. It's the Simpson family smile time variety hour. And so the stages kind of separate and Homer Marge takes center stage. And Marge uh, says they have been busy as beavers preparing for their very own show. And Homer asks if Marge has ever imagined what it would be like if they were really beavers. <laughs> I, uh... And Marge actually says yes. And she introduces the first sketch. Now, this is SNL right here. Yes, it is. Yep. And so we get a little picture. Uh, it says, damn sweet, damn. Kind of like home sweet home. And so Homer comes uh, home and uh, Marge asks him how his day at the plant was. Uh, you know, by the way, this joke flew over my head like twice. Oh, really? Once since I was a kid. Once when I was watching it. And then it finally clicked. Um... And Homer, because Homer's like, well, it's not much of a plant. It's a tree. And I nearly chewed through it. Because <laughs> I was thinking, oh, yeah, Homer works at the nuclear plant. I wasn't thinking, you know, plant and tree. A tree is a plant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so Homer reminds Marge that his new boss is coming over for dinner. And uh, Marge uh, says she knows. And she made Homer his favorite. Steaks. Uh, <laughs> not to be confused with a food steak but a wooden stake. And there are a few of them on the table. I love it. it. That's great. That's a great joke. And Bart, this is definitely a sketch they would have done on SNL. Pretty yep. sure they've done something similar. Maybe. Right. Uh, I mean, I've watched a lot of SNL, I know. but uh, maybe. Uh, and Bart walks in to tell them to close the damn door. And Bart yells at Bart. And Bart's like, but that's where we live. A damn. That's nope. great. That's great too. Uh, Lisa comes in and she's like, uh, and she's like, "Oh, look at Maggie. She got her first first tooth. It's like one long, like buck tooth." Yep. Well, she's and, a beaver. Yeah. And uh, Homer says, "Before his boss comes, there's something they should all know." And the doorbell rings, interrupting Homer. And Marge's like, "Homer, I gotta get the door." And Homer's like, "But Marge." And uh, but she opens the door, and there's Tim Conway as a skunk. Because that's your SNL, uh, that's your SNL, you know, guest coming out yeah. onto the out of the stage, yeah. And uh, the Simpsons all faint, and Conway asks, "Was it something I said?" <laughs> oh, yuck! Yep. <laughs> and so the sea captain pops out through a window, and is this, uh, is this a reference to "In Living Color"? No, laughing. Oh, laughing. Okay. Yep. And uh, and says so, someone should uh, be key hauled for that sketch <laughs> and uh judge snyder comes in comes on and says that last sketch should be stricken from the record and bangs his gavel and it makes a squeaky noise <laughs> and uh, the next offender please and then uh the simpsons sit at a table in a diner and marge reads a newspaper like inflation trade deficit horrible war atrocities how are we supposed to do our big musical number with so many problems in the world? And Homer says, I know one thing that in this world that was still pure and good. Marge asks if it's Christian love. <laughs> oh my God. Oh <laughs> uh, no, it's not. And what Homer is it, says, Steve? no, it's candy. Sweet, sweet candy. And then the Simpsons sing, I want candy by the strange love. Yeah. And it's performed by the Simpsons uh, family. And we get different lyrics than the actual 
I want candy. Yeah. Song Homer's like, I want candy. Marge's like, Don't you want to end world famine? Bart's like, I want candy. Or save the endangered Alaskan salmon? <laughs> Lee and Lee's like, I want candy. Well, if you uh, if you won't think of society's ills, and the whole group's like, I want candy. And Marge's like, at least think of our dentist bills. And then Bart and Lisa sing, got a new dance and it goes like this. The name <laughs> of the dance is the Peppermint Twist. And that's uh, by Joey D and the Star Litters. Yeah. And uh, then Jasper jumps in sing, singing the Lollipop song, um, which is done by Ronald and Ruby. Yeah. I can't do the popping sound with the finger in the mouth. No, it's you put your finger in your mouth and you make a popping sound. I can do it with my own mouth. Uh, and then we see Smithers in a cowboy getup holding a licorice rope. <laughs> this, is, this is my favorite musical <laughs> number right here. Crack that whip. Licorice whip. I said whip it. Licorice whip. So that's whip <laughs> it. I forget who sings whip it. By Devo. Devo. That's right. And then Smithers, I love it. He cracks the licorice whip. And we see Selma blowing gum, and it causes the gum to get out of his face because it cracks it. <laughs> and then they end it with We Want Candy. Now, this is probably my favorite part of this entire episode. Shout out to MC Lars, because it starts his song. We get Hans Moleman. He goes, a poem by Hans Moleman. I think that I shall never see... My cataracts are blinding me. <laughs> I love it. And, uh, my... and that's based on Henry Gibson reading a poem in, on Laugh-It. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, if you guys haven't checked out The Ballad of Hans Moleman by M.C. Lars, check it out. Absolutely amazing. This, yep. this is in, I believe it like starts it or it's like somewhere like kind of towards the beginning. Yeah. But, no, but, that, a... song's, but that song's an absolute banger. Check it out. Yep. Um, and so now we see all the Simpsons are in bed. And Marge is like, well, it's time to say good good night. Homer's like, man, I wish uh, Conway didn't have to leave so soon. And then <laughs> Tim Conway pops up underneath the covers. He's like, I'm still here. He's like, he's like, Fox wouldn't spring for a decent hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let, the, let the bashing of Fox begin. I feel yep. like it's this episode. Oh, there's been a few episodes so far that have had uh, yeah. hoax at and Fox. Mar- I love it. Marge is like, oh, he's just kidding. And so Marge is like, well, we'd like to thank Fox and the good people at Budget Lodge. Because <laughs> Budget Lodge is like garbage. Yep. And so Homer says, that is all the time we have. And there is a saying, as you walk down the road of life, and Bart interrupts to finish it, hitchhike, it's faster. <laughs> and everybody's like, Bart, yep. and uh, March March tells the crowd, "We're always like this," yeah, and they all, all say the good night all the time. And they say good night, and they start like a little pillow fight. And then Troy turns off the TV and says, "That's it for our showcase." And he's like, "Well, but what about the show that started it all? How do you keep the Simpsons fresh and funny after eight long years?" Now, now, what's funny about that line? 
What's <laughs> funny about that line, and we're going to talk about it next week, so we're not going to get too deep into it, but clearly this, I'm assuming, was supposed to be the season finale. I would assume so. I would. We'll, we'll get into it next week, but this this quote right here, Troy McGee, you know, after eight long years, my assumption would be that this was supposed to be the season finale. Well, because then he goes, uh, Troy's like, well, let's uh, get a preview of what's on tap for exactly. season nine. Yep. Magic powers. Wow. <laughs> Selma getting married to, uh, well, he, well, Troy says Selma getting married over and over and over again. And we see Selma getting married to Lenny, Bumblebee Man, and Itchy. And then Troy finishes off, did someone say long lost triplets? But it's funny oh. because Selma's been married to to uh Bob, the yeah. Williger, and who else? She was she was married to one okay. other one okay. other person, so, right? So here's the thing. None of those plots have happened at no, all. They have not. However, Sarah, Selma has married multiple people, um, including uh Fat Tony and yep. Abe. Yep. And she had a lesbian. No, no, no. Patty got married because she's yeah. a lesbian. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and so uh, Troy McClure ends our show saying, so join America's favorite TV family and a tiny green space alien named Osmodiar that only Homer can see on Fox this fall. It'll be out of this world. And uh, so the thing is, Osmodiar did come true. In a scene when he ruined the power plant in the episode Home R. H-O-M-E-H-O-M-R? I don't know what what season is that. Oh, it's like 12, 13-ish, I think. Season 12. Season 12. I was right. See, I'm good. Ninth episode of season 12. So not too far off in the future. Yeah. And so, but also Osmodiar is a reference (laughs) to the Great Gazoo... Um, and the character added some uh, into some of the final episodes of the Flintstones. That has got to be the dumbest insertion <laughs> ever. Yep. Um. Yeah. So uh, Troy asks you know, Osmodier, "It's like, is that right, Osmodier?" And the alien's like, "Damn straight, Troy, my man." <laughs> and so both Troy and Osmodier say good night to America. Good night, yep. America. And that's it. We end our episode. So yeah. this this one, I I mean, yeah. I'm definitely middle of the road. Three uh, don't have a cow man. I'm not I'm not really big on these type of shows. I I, I mean, the only one that I think of I can think of that's been great was the 22 Shorts of Springfield, where it's something not a real episode sort of deal. Um, yeah. but but this episode. Has some good jokes. I think we mentioned, I think the ending with the musical number, um, all the musical numbers, that's probably my favorite part of the episode. Just because yeah. I like I like when you kind of parody songs and you kind of have that sort of jazz. The Wiggum stuff was okay. Not really my favorite. The SNL bit with the Beavers. Meh. <laughs> but uh, the Love Tester, I was not a big fan of Mo and the Love Tester. It just kind of felt flat to me. I mean, I love Mo, but I like when he's just uh, serving some beers to the boys at the bar. Yeah, this is definitely a tough episode to to really grade because it's it's spinoff style. 
Except, I mean, The Simpsons kind of got their own variety show, so that's not really a spinoff. I guess maybe you could call it a spinoff because it's not The Simpsons. Um, The format, I like the format. I like the Chief Wiggum story. I think it's funny. I think it's clever. Um, The Lovematic Grandpa, not that great. Uh, It is what it is. And the variety show is only great because you had Hans Moleman. Yeah. And yeah, the beaver stuff is funny, whatever. It's it, it is what it is. Um I but the problem is I don't know how to grade this, to be honest. Do you get laughs? Yeah. Is it really an episode? Sure, because it's part of the Simpsons, <laughs> but it, it's not a Simpsons episode. So I'm just gonna give it a three don't have a cowman because right. I don't know any other way to really provide context for this episode sure <laughs> it's just it's there yep it's this episode literally was just there yeah i mean as a i mean look at it like this as a finale it's be good. kind of a it's kind of a good way to go out if this had uh, been the finale i probably would have given it a four because it's not the finale it can't get that high i don't i mean you could give it whatever you want but being but being it being a finale, I don't think I would have rated it a four. I just think it would have been a a good send off. It's still not the best episode per se, but I think it'd been a great send off to the season. Yeah, I so, feel like this episode needed to be in the middle of this. I wonder if you're probably right. It was probably supposed to be the season finale, and then something with the schedule got screwy. But I also feel like this would have been good in the middle of the season if you take out the sure. season nine stuff yep. and made yeah, each, yeah. each like segment, like each like little episode, a little bit longer. I mean, but it's I, like, almost like look at it; it's almost like a Trials of Horror in a way. Correct. And but, those can be good. I mean, Trials yeah. of Horrors, although we don't really rate Trials of Horrors, so not really. <laughs> but like, but like, if if they had put this in the middle of the season. Taken off like the, I mean, maybe have Troy McClure end it, ending it a different way, sure, and putting yeah, it in yeah. the middle, and yep. maybe extending one or two of the little episodes like ten, ten to twelve seconds longer. I, I think it would have made it better, but because where it's placed in the season, and then the fact that we get one more episode, it's just, it's not the right point to have this episode. Nope. All right, so let's finish it off with our character profile. And this week we have our quote-unquote Lisa character. Her identity, slim adolescent posing as Lisa Simpson in the Simpson Family Smile Time Variety Hour. Oh, by the way, Homer is the only one to appear in all three segments. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, energy level, peppy, occasionally bubbly. Hair, blonde. Intellect, <laughs> marginal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honors, sophomore prom queen, five years running. And enjoys leading cheers in annoying fashion. <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. You know what's funny? What episode was it where Lisa gets an autograph from, was it an ice skater, Sparkle or something? You're not the right Sparkle. Are oh, we not done, yeah. Are we not done that episode? Is that a future no, episode? No, that's not juggling. Like- that's the juggling episode, not the juggling, like, the yo-yo episode where Bart yeah. and everyone gets a yo-yo. 
Yeah. That, we haven't done that episode yet. That's what that that's what her character kind of reminds me of. Yeah. Is is that episode. So, um, you guys can find us on our uh, social media platform, Instagram and threads at the Simpsons Did It Pod. Um, you can email us, the Simpsons Did It at gmail.com. Or sorry, the Simpsons Did It Pod at gmail.com if you want to send us some feedback. Uh, feel free to give us a phone call, uh, 612-584-0986. Listen to Jaden LeBron's voicemail message and leave us a cool voicemail on there. Um, you can find us on all podcasting platforms, but if you fo- uh, listen to us on Spotify, please hit the follow um, so I can track our uh, usage on there. If you listen to us on Apple, be sure to uh, follow us on there. Uh, rate us, review us, we'll re- read review on the air like we've done in the past. Um, and uh, we're also on YouTube. Um, so like, subscribe, comment on our videos on there. Or if you don't like watching videos, we're on YouTube Music as well. So until next time, I'm Steven Skolansky. And I'm Robert Skolansky. And this has been The Simpsons Did It. Shh.